0: Hey, friends, this is The Camus. Summer edition. Summer edition. Hey, I'm doing this from the road this week.
1: I was going to say, your voice sounds extra sultry right now. It's very smooth and cool and low and warm
0: and fun and sexy. I love it. I'm up here in New Hampshire, so I think I'm, I've am i gone for the New Hampshire cozy voice. I don't know <laughs> if that is a voice, but I'm up here in beautiful New Hampshire. It's, <laughs> cool. it's actually really gorgeous around here, mate. Ruben and his cozy voice. I love it. Mm. What are we talking about?
1: Mate, the NFT market is going bananas right now. So we're going to talk about
0: that a little bit today. Uh, have you made an NFT that I can buy for an absorbent amount of money?
1: Well, if we had any journalistic integrity, I would disclose whether I owned an NFT or not, but I am going to stay mum on that and try and stay impartial.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shouldn't we have said at the start of this that uh, the commute at least one half of the commute is involved in NFTs? <laughs> It's all propaganda. This episode is just to push your NFTs. Yeah, isn't it? every pretty much
1: everything we talk about, we have vested interest in. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we're also talking about the ban that China just announced on under or well, I was going to say underage gaming, but basically anyone under the age of eighteen, they've uh, they've they've put the brakes on your gaming or your online gaming. So we'll talk about that. Mind so blowing. Before we, before we uh, get into the the gaming and what China's doing. Uh, because this is obviously a China podcast, it always is. But <laughs> let's get. Let tell me about NFTs, mate.
1: Like we said, vested interest. The market for NFTs is going crazy right now. Our avid listeners might recall back in February we had our crypto guru Johnny on to talk to us about what's Bitcoin, what's blockchain, and then may or may not remember right after that episode came out. Uh, sometime in march nfts were all up in the news because they had gone on a massive run and specifically there was one artist by the name of beeple who had sold an nft for 69 million dollars so that was something that made the news in march and nfts were becoming all the rage and things quietened down a little bit and now the last couple of weeks and especially the last weeks things have just gone bananas bonkers nfts just
0: just for the uh uneducated and um i'm Probably one of those. It's essentially what is it? Artwork that's digital, or digital art, or digital imagery that you can say is one of a kind.
1: Yeah, digital art. I I think what we will do, mate, we'll have to have Johnny back on and do a full "What is an NFT?" actually episode. But maybe the cliff notes is essentially to your point. It's digital artwork, right? And using the blockchain, there's a way of creating that digital artwork and proving by virtue of the blockchain,
0: who owns it.
1: Yeah, like proving ownership of that NFT. So
0: no more more control C, control V.
1: Yeah, And, and there's some nuance around you own it, but everyone can see it on the blockchain, so you can't control who sees it, which makes it a weird thing about whether you own something but other people can access it. We can skip that today, but generally speaking, it's digital art on the blockchain, and there's so much money flying around right now. I give you an example aside from Beeple which was the one that really made the mainstream news back in March there's an NFT series out there called CryptoPunks which is essentially a collection of 10,000 NFTs of they're like little pixelated cartoon portraits and each one of those 10,000 portraits is slightly different from another so since it's a portrait you know one guy has his nose pierced, or his ears pierced, or he has a beard, or he has long hair. It's like all different types of characteristics that a portrait could have. right? So this was a project that was released in 2017. It was released for free, which means anyone who wanted one of those 10,000 NFTs could just scoop it up for nothing, essentially.
0: Um, And what what does it sell for now?
1: Now, that's, that's the beauty of where I was going, mate, is they were free four years ago. During the first Big run that NFTs had around the February March timeframe. I think they were shooting for at at the cheapest price about $30,000 each.
0: Yeah, that's that's not that's a pretty good return on something that's free.
1: Yeah, that was $30,000 in like February or March. A week ago, Visa, as in Visa credit cards, Mm -hmm. they paid. The equivalent, you know, the Ethereum equivalent of $150,000 for a CryptoPunk. As of today, if you were to go online to try and buy a CryptoPunk, or at least from what I looked at last night, there are now about $400,000 is the floor price right now for a CryptoPunk. For one, for, crypto for, one punk. Of those.
0: for one, yeah. But why though? What What is it? Like, what's the actual... And I know you're going to say, well, what's the value in anything? It's only what people are willing to pay for it. But if something was essentially f- given out for free... Like what's the value in this?
1: I guess it's supply and demand, right? Cause the 10,000 original ones got snapped up. And as people get more and more into NFTs, like I've only gotten into NFTs over the last month, let's say, but now I'm already looking around to see whatever else exists there. I just think people want to buy it. They want to be in on now this crypto punk NFT f- in particular Part of its sales pitch is that it's one of it's one of the first NFTs ever created on the blockchain back in 2017. Not the right. first, but one of. But that's not necessarily the reason why. There's so many things. Like it's the way the prices are going up, it's probably almost definitely highly speculatory. There's a lot of hype around it. There's perhaps a lot of FOMO around it. Also over the last month or so, the prices of actual cryptocurrencies like Ether and Bitcoin have come back up again, which means everyone who owns these cryptos has a whole bunch more money now. Um,
0: So lots of different reasons. It's also probably like there's always a correlation, right, between cryptos and these sorts of assets, like... Like if crypto crashes, everyone's like, oh no, then you know, it, it, maybe that means also the NFTs become worthless and so people want to sell them. And if crypto goes up, then all of a sudden everyone feels more comfortable, I guess, with NFTs. Yeah,
1: yeah, there's definitely a correlation. It's probably not the only thing driving it though. So it's not just driven by crypto prices going up and down, but it definitely has an influence. I've been looking at a lot of the different discords that are up and running for some of these NFTs that I'm following. And what strikes me is most interesting is the community that gets built around these nfts like we've all heard of gamestop and wall street bets and the reddit crowd similar kind of deal of these people who love these nfts they're they're building a community within discord where they feel part of something some people are in it just to 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 flip nfts and make money other people are in it because they think it's cool like it's been i've really gone down the rabbit hole this week and the myriad reasons for why people are into this is actually quite fascinating.
0: Could you and I create an NFT? Could the, could the average person just create one? Yeah, we could. Even if it's not valuable, could you create it? Is it hard to create an NFT? Yeah, you could. So there's, there's platforms
1: out there that allow you to mint them, which is what they're called. One of the most popular ones, the biggest ones out there right now is called OpenSea. That's where you can mint your own NFT. You list it. And you hope How does that, that
0: work? It just works by you have an image and you put it up there and you say, I want to create an NFT out of this? I haven't gone that far into the detail, but I'd imagine it wouldn't be... If you
1: wanted to keep it that simple, it could be, right? Some of these different NFTs have different offerings, right? So... The CryptoPunk is one NFT, but another one, for example, that's quite huge right now. And this is speaks to the market going crazy. Just last week, Steph Curry paid $180,000 for what's called a Bored Ape NFT. So it's another set of 10,000 NFTs with different types of apes, right? So another thing that's going bonkers, which as an aside, if we're talking basketball, NBA top shot NFTs have become pretty huge over last year. Just this week a record was set for a LeBron James top shot NFT. It was sold for $230,000. this doesn't
0: have to be just images, right? It could be video, it could be any digital content.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the the NBA top shot NFTs aren't actually images. They're short video clips of a play being made, a dunk, a pass, a three-pointer, wow. that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: That's great. We should you know what? And I know this is this is probably um not going to happen but we should think about as an experiment what it would take for us to create a commute nft i don't know what it would look like but we should do it just for for an experiment and see what happens done i agreed
1: i'll i'll leave you with a couple of things mate trading volumes yeah in the last week the trading volumes for art and collectibles nfts has been almost a billion dollars wow And to give you context, the last peak in February was short of 200 million. Most weeks I've looked at this year are under 20 million. So up to a billion
0: dollars in trading volume. I mean, like, I know it's not, but it's got to be a little bit of FOMO. It has to be, because, like, this has to be, this is highly speculative. I guess you don't want to be the guy that's at the end holding the bag when everyone's like, oh, this is actually, none of this stuff is actually worth anything. But I guess that's no different to anything else.
1: Well, the question is, Rubes, do you have diamond hands or do you have paper hands? Because you've got diamond hands, you can hold until it goes to the moon. If you got paper hands, then you can sell today and miss out on so many future profits.
0: I have well-moisturized hands.
1: You know what blows me out about FOMO, dude? Yeah. It gets all of us. There was one NFT that came out a week ago called Bones. I won't go into the details on it. I almost bought into it just because a bunch of people were- Talking about it on a separate NFT Discord that I follow, which is a new one that came out a month ago by Damien Hurst called the Currency. Which, by the way, that one opened at two thousand dollars each for the NFTs, and a month later, you can't buy one for less than sixty thousand dollars. But I digress. I was reading everyone talking about this Alka Bones one, and it came in and sold when it minted the other day at about two hundred bucks a pop. It's already. Selling at a minimum for fifteen hundred, right? So I should have bought one, but I didn't, and that's fine. But what what I'm getting at is, I just spent five minutes reading what other people were saying on Discord about Alka Bones that they're going to buy it. Not not even saying, "Oh, this is different" or "going to be cool" because of just everyone's like, "Let's do it," you know. So it's like the whole crowd just follows everyone in, and I think that's probably what's happening as well. You have this crowd of tech nerds and kids and tech savvy people who've made probably all this heavy crypto money and they and they want to spend it on stuff it's it's nuts
0: man that is wild enough
1: on nfts for now mate we will go away we will work on creating a Kamu nft and i think we should get johnny back on and talk about nfts in a little bit more detail it's a pretty fascinating area
0: yeah i'd like to know like when when you is it is it any is it hard to sell an nft i don't know is it easy to sell one is it just a matter of clicking a button and you sell it and you're done
1: we will answer that question on our nft episode
0: rubes all right, let's, let's, uh, let's move on then to- The is
1: yes, though. The answer is yes. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, thank you for answering the question. Let's move on to- Yeah, let's
1: talk about something that we don't talk about that often, China.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to thought you were going to say gaming for a minute, which we don't actually talk about. A um, little sneak preview for our next season when we go back to the regular scheduled programming. We actually do have a great conversation with a game developer. Uh, So look forward to that, guys. But in the meantime, when we're talking about gaming, you may have read this, Adam, but the Chinese government early this week came out with a new set of regulations, which basically said that if you're under the age of 18, you can only play online games between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. That's three hours per week. That's it. That if you're under the age of 18, the government's no longer allowing people. Now, have they met a child before? Have have they (laughs) met a teenager? Mate, so China announced this on Monday and Tencent and a bunch of massive Chinese online gaming companies or just online tech firms that have gaming arms, uh, stock prices tanked. There's one company whose stock price tanked about 7%. And that's just based off the fact that players now, because the way this works um, in terms of how this is actually policed is, you know, China doesn't go into every house and have a look to see whether every kid's not playing outside of those hours. What it does is it inspects the actual companies that allow online gaming. Oh, wow. To see that uh, someone who's got a login isn't playing more than those number of hours and it holds the companies responsible. I hold them
1: responsible.
0: Yeah, basically, it's like if you're not, if the companies have to put in in controls to be able to stop that. Basically,
1: my first reaction to seeing the headline and I didn't dig deeper was to laugh because I thought this is hilarious. Yeah, but then my second thought was, how do you possibly ensure that this actually happens?
0: Now, kids will get around it, right? Kids always. I mean, having been a teenager during you know the internet era and in computers, you get around ways of getting on the computer and and yeah. playing games.
1: Couldn't you get around it? My first idea is like just like don't play online, play just on your system. Yes,
0: so now you can't like (laughs) that's that's you and I showing our age, mate. (laughs) I was thinking that as well. I was like, okay, that's cool, just play Red Alert on your own PC. But then here's the thing: most kids now play games multiplayer. Like most of it is multiplayer. Like it's there's very few like at least teenagers now like the large percentage of gamers are all gamers that play multiplayer games it's only us dinosaurs mate that are still you know hacking around with uh
1: i just got my little handheld donkey kong game that's that's all i have we're
0: the the only ones playing sim city on single player (laughs) mode uh everyone else does multiplayer and so online gaming is huge and you got to also understand right this isn't just pc games we're talking consoles we're talking mobile phones so this was the what's the the age bracket again under the age of 18 what a fucking joke man they're really hitting down that i'm like i was sitting there thinking if they had said 12 okay but 18 i'm like i'm sorry who plays most games kids who are like from the age of six to like 12 13 14 all the way up to 18
1: yeah 70 percent of the target market can't play for more than three hours
0: yeah so and so here's the reason behind it though you might ask why so the rationale is it's 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 kind of it's twofold and it's Part of a wider crackdown that the Chinese government's had um, around this theme that they see the younger generation, in other words, the teenage generation uh, in China, as "quote unquote" being soft. And <laughs> they, I mean, this is this they is, ser- this comes they straight, said. yeah, this is like I mean, obviously not in those words, but it's um, it was published in state media there that the Chinese government sees that the the younger Chinese population as not being tough enough, essentially, for what they want China to be in the future. And so, and this was actually, I I don't remember if you and I had a chat about this, months ago, there was an article about how China's cracking down on the way pop stars in China present themselves, because they were saying too many boys were seeing sort of these uh, pop stars and becoming too, quote unquote, effeminate. Far out. And it wasn't, they were, they were, it, it's kind of like, like an uh, old school dad's mentality of my son has to be his real strong man, go out there and, you know, mow the lawn. But it, imagine that at, at a state level and China sort of sees this as a threat. Wow. And so as a result, they've put a couple of, like they've, they've been putting policies in place and one of their policies now is they don't want kids to be gaming too much. And I think one of the quotes, which is now no longer in the state owned media, but it was published was that you know they see gaming as bearing spiritual opium. <laughs> they, they think kids are being addicted to it and they want to get rid of it.
1: They removed that from the news, that terminology? What, well, there, what was, it was that There was an all article
0: about? that came out with that and then that article got, got taken off the news site.
1: Spiritual opium.
0: Yeah. You know
1: what, dude? I think that is our new tagline for Komoot Pod when people are like, so what's your podcast about? It's it's spiritual opium. Yeah, it's spiritual opium. Yeah, yeah.
0: Digital opium—that's the name of NFT. Digital.
1: Oh my god! All right, I'll I'll do the research tonight.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this is China's policy. Um, Obviously, the backlash—or not the backlash—because there is no such thing as backlash. But the response from kids in China has been: this is like crap because three hours is nothing. Keep in mind, China actually earlier—I think it was last year—cracked like put some initial rules in place. And it was two hours, one and a half hours every day uh, and three hours on the weekend. So now this is a further crackdown of that, which is nothing on the weekday and only on the weekends for an hour a day. (sighs) Crazy. I'm very
1: intrigued to see what this looks like 10 years from now, what sort of an effect it has on not just the gaming industry, but the Chinese population. If it all sticks, I don't or if think it doesn't. it'll
0: stick at all. I mean, I think it'll stick. I just don't think it'll make a difference. Kids aren't now. There's kids aren't going to stop gaming. And well, maybe they'll finally a, harden up. Maybe, yeah. Uh, if you read, um, there are some. I read an article which kind of breaks down some of the more socio-economic side of these things and why a lot of kids are gaming. And I think this is kind of a delicate game that the Chinese CCP has to play because in this article they talk about how sort of the middle class kid in china is under quite a bit of stress because education or to get the right education is super competitive to get a job in china if you get the education is super competitive and so all these kids do like hours and hours and hours of tutoring and hours and hours of i guess studying and just parents being like you have to you know quite a lot of pressure put on these kids and their outlet is gaming um and that's that's why it's become such an outlet so you know that means There's a new gap in the market coming, and we need to fill it. Tutoring or gaming?
1: No, we just need to fill the gap. Like we can fill it
0: with the commute. Oh, sure. Yeah, I thought you meant we're just going to start gaming more. We're going to (laughs) pivot. Yeah, but that it is. It's crazy though, right? Because China has some. Like, if you look at esports, like so many esports champions and teams come from China. So I don't know where this is all going to go, but it's a very, it's it's very, it's a macro level view of what the CCP is trying to do, which is really really start to hone in on individual micro-levels within the society. And I don't know where it all ends. Problem for another day, my friend. Indeed. I'm gonna, You and I are going to go and play our single-player games. We don't have these problems. Digital ubiquity? What was our word? Digital opium. Digital opium, yeah. Go hook yourself on some digital opium. Summer loving. It's, it's Labor Day weekend this weekend. It is. It's almost the end of summer. Technically, it's the end of summer. So for those who aren't in the U.S., the end of the labor day weekend sort of ends bookends the uh the summer here now i think the good thing is thanks to climate change it's quite warm going to september here so still going to be plenty of opportunities to go to the beach we've been to the beach a few times during the summer but i will say even though technically the beaches are closed it's a great time to get out there just because it's just a lot quieter
1: so ruse if i'm reading you correctly your summer lovin' for this week is climate change. Gotcha.
0: Now my summer lovin' is it's still going to be nice and warm in September.
1: <laughs> I love it. All right, buddy. Enjoy All your September.
0: Right. Have a good one, mate.